Welcome to High Cheese. It's Friday, December 22nd, 2023, three days before Christmas. Looking forward to it. So let's go right to this crazy Colorado State Supreme Court decision, which took Donald Trump off the Colorado primary ballot. Let's go into a little background and how we got here. Now, I think it was a month or two ago, this crazy lower court judge took up a case to determine whether Donald Trump should be taken off the ballot and whether he got involved with this or he was involved with the insurrection on January 6th. And one thing I want to make clear is this was not an insurrection. This was a riot by a small amount of people. When you think about the number of people that actually showed up for the protest and the number of people that actually created some problems, it was very small. What would the left-wing press call it? A mostly peaceful protest. But this was not an insurrection. And this is the problem that you get when people do not understand history. They don't understand context because it's all about meeting certain political ideologies. Oh, the term insurrection? It helps us politically? Let's call Donald Trump an insurrectionist. All those poor J6 political prisoners still in Washington? We'll show them. We're going to keep them in prison. We're going to take away their human rights because it meets our political agenda. It was funny. I was watching CNN in a clip of John Bolton. And I'm not a fan of John Bolton at all. But he made something very insightful during his interview because they were talking about the insurrection and the so-called insurrection. And he came back and said, listen, you know what an insurrection is? The insurrection was the Civil War where over 600,000 Americans died. That was an insurrection. J6 was a riot. And it, it was funny. You should have saw the face on the person that was interviewing Bolton. Her face turned white. Didn't know how to answer that because it didn't go along with their narrative. The left loves their narrative, story. You know what a story is? Story. And they're trying to warp the American mind into thinking that this was an insurrection. Donald Trump is an insurrection. And this just continues their fake narrative. So let's get back to Colorado Supreme Court decision. And that judge's decision said that, yeah, I believe that Donald Trump took part in an insurrection on January 6th. But there's no mechanism in Colorado state law that allows her to take Trump off the Colorado ballot. And that decision was appealed to the state Supreme Court. And the state Supreme Court came back and said, well, we agree with the lower court judge's decision that Donald Trump is an insurrectionist, but we also feel that he should be taken off the ballot. And why this is so bizarre is because they made a determination that Donald Trump, without any due process, is an insurrectionist. And they took the original uh, judge's decision that was based on essentially the J6 hearings and said that he was an insurrectionist, even though he wasn't indicted or convicted of an insurrection, which is federal law. And it's just totally bizarre. But again, this is all about taking away your vote taking away your right to vote for the person that you want to vote for, at least in Colorado. Now, there's a, a, several other states uh, controlled by 
Democrats that are thinking about doing the same thing. And here's the arrogance of this decision. They told the, the Supreme Court, well, you have to decide or take this case up before, I think, January 4th, 2024. And if not, we're going to proceed to take Trump off of the ballot. Now, you have to understand that I think the Colorado primary is in March, and they have to start printing their ballots in a month or two beforehand. And in their warped mind, they're going to start printing the ballots without Donald Trump's name on it, unless the Supreme Court decides to take up this case. Talk about an arrogant and dumb decision. But this is where we are right now, because it's not about competence. It's not about respect for the Constitution. It's all about the ideology. I love going back to the Senator Kennedy interviews with prospective judges where he's asking them basic constitutional law questions as well as procedural questions. And these nominees by Biden, they can't answer the question because it's not about the Constitution. It's not about the law. It's about their ideology. And this ideology is not just pervasive on the federal level. It's pervasive with state judges, state prosecutors, local judges, local prosecutors. And their ideology right now is get rid of Donald Trump. And with that said, I want to go to a clip. It's with Alan Dershowitz. Alan Dershowitz, the famous Harvard professor. He's talking about this decision. And with that said, let's go to this clip, and then we'll come back and discuss. Because this is about the most dangerous, worse, um, and unconstitutional decision. I read in my 60 years of teaching and practicing criminal law, this is a power grab uh, in violation of the specific words of the 14th Amendment. You couldn't hear it when the 14th Amendment allocates the power to enforce this provision expressly and singularly to Congress. Congress shall have the power to enforce by appropriate legislation. Having the states do this on an individual basis is a absurd under contemporary law. And as, as well, the idea that the framers of the 14th Amendment, radical reconstructionists, uh, would allocate uh, just defies any kind of historical understanding. And what Dershowitz is saying is that, look, only Congress can define what insurrectionists is and enforce it. And the language right now relates to the Civil War and the time after the Civil War, when they wanted to prevent hardcore Confederates from running for Congress or the Senate. And that's the historical context. But again, Dershowitz's position is that that has to be defined and enforced by Congress, according to the Constitution. And state Supreme Courts do not have that right. Now, Dershowitz goes on to make a really profound statement. So let's go back to the clip, and then we'll come back and discuss. So there are so many problems with this decision. It could never have been written except for partisan purposes as part of Get Trump. As you know, I'm not a Trump political supporter, but I insist on having the right to vote against Trump, just the way people have the right to vote for him. I also want to be sure that this election, 2024, is the cleanest and most uncontroversial election in history. Whoever wins should win beyond any dispute. But if this kind of craziness is allowed to go forward with individual states disqualifying Trump off the ballot, if he loses, he's not going to accept that loss. And half of America will not accept that loss. 
even people like me who would welcome the loss on political grounds wouldn't accept it on constitutional grounds because this is about the most dangerous, worse, um, and unconstitutional decision I read in my 60 years. But this Colorado Supreme Court has a more nefarious objective with this decision. Now, they know that Trump keeps on going up in the polls every time he's been indicted, every time that the deep state going after him. They know this, but they have to continue this because they are desperate, because they know it does hurt Trump because it's election interference. It drains his re-election coffers. They know this, but there's a more nefarious intent here. But before I get into the nefarious intent, I just want to play a clip. It's with Frank Luntz. Frank Luntz is Kevin McCarthy's roommate or ex-roommate. He's a pollster that hates Trump. You know, he has a bad wig, which I think he does on purpose because it helps people identify him. But I want to play a clip, and he's talking about this decision and how it impacts Donald Trump. So let's go to this clip, and then we'll get back into the nefarious intent of this Colorado decision. Obvious first question, Frank, what do you think the impact of this ruling will be on their support for him? And I'm convinced that his polling numbers are going to go up. Just today, the New York Times published six key swing states and had Donald Trump up beyond the margin of error in five out of the six. The polling earlier uh, a month ago was significant. Trump is gaining. The more that he is prosecuted, the more that he is condemned, the higher his numbers go as people rally around him. And I would say to the judges, as I said to the Justice Department, you're actually making it more likely that Donald Trump is elected next November by how you are pursuing this. You don't explain the decisions. You don't put things in context. And so Trump climbs and climbs and climbs. Right now, he's beating Joe Biden clearly nationwide. And they know that the American people are against them. They're against the deep state. They're against the corrupt judicial system. But they got to keep on doing this because that's all they can do. But here is where their nefarious intent comes in. What they're trying to do is not only undermine Donald Trump, they're trying to undermine the Supreme Court. You've got this decision here in Colorado that the Supreme Court will take up. You've got his Trump's J6 appeal to the Supreme Court. And what the deep state is trying to do, they're trying to undermine the Supreme Court by saying that the only reason Donald Trump won is because of the Supreme Court, because of the three Supreme Court justices that he appointed. And they're going to use this once Donald Trump gets elected to cause riots, to sow discord. And believe me, I just want to give you a warning. Once Donald Trump gets reelected, there's going to be some rioting in the streets, in the cities, by the communists, the far left, the Soros-backed organizations. They're going to be rioting in the streets. And you're going to have on CNN these left-wing attorneys complaining about the decisions that the Supreme Court made that helped Donald Trump. And it's all about sowing discord. It's going to be another version of the Russian collusion hoax. And that's what they're looking to do. 
they're looking more than a year down the road after Donald Trump wins. They're going to try to kneecap his presidency in the same way that they tried to kneecap him with the Russian hoax. So just be prepared for that. And also be prepared and pray for the Supreme Court and pray for Donald Trump. Because what they're doing to Donald Trump and what they're doing to the Supreme Court, they're putting their lives in danger. Everybody loves to talk about Donald Trump's, oh, his words, they're going to cause violence. Well, this is what the mainstream media, the deep state, and these decisions that are being made to undermine the Supreme Court are going to result in. So just to let you know, once Donald Trump wins, it's not going to cure everything in one day. It's going to take time. So as much as you have to stick with him now, you're going to have to stick with him and pray for him after he gets elected and pray for the Supreme Court. So we shall see. Okay, I know that this happened last week, but I want to talk about it. It has to do with the surprise Fed decision to indicate that they're going to start reducing interest rates next year. And here's why they're doing it. They are fearful of the economy going into a deep recession next year. And quite frankly, if we go into a deep recession next year, Trump will win in a landslide. And we also know that the Fed is heavily influenced by all the major banks. And we do know that the most influential banker out there, Jamie Dimon, the head of J.P. Morgan, has already come out and said he's against Trump. They can't have that. And with that said, I want to go to a clip. It's uh, from Bloomberg. And they're talking about Biden's polling, and they're talking about the Fed. And Jonathan Farrell, one of the hosts, he makes a sarcastic remark about the Fed pivot. Oh, of course, this has nothing to do with the polls. So let's go to this clip, and then we'll come back and discuss. Not even sure if this is in the polls, Jonathan, because the polls continue to show that it's not really foreign policy that American voters are concerned about. It's the economy and across the board, whether it's inflation, whether it's interest rates, Americans think former President Donald Trump would have a better handle on the economy. It's not just one fluke poll. It's poll after poll after poll. Potentially, when we talked about this last week, when Jay Powell did a little bit of his pivot, Jonathan, after you mentioned 12 days, the timeline may be on this administration's side. Inflation is coming down. They still have an unemployment rate below 4%. And potentially, they're going to have cuts at the Federal Reserve next year going into November. And the two are not connected in any way, shape, or form, we're told. And that's pretty funny. And I wonder if Farrell's going to get called to the carpet for implying the obvious. Now, I want to go back to another clip where they're talking about the decision and Oh, and before I forget, that was uh, Farrow's conversation with um, Emery Hordern. And in this new clip, they're talking about a comment made by Mark Zandi from Moody's Analytics that Powell, the head of the Fed, doesn't want to wind up like James Comey. So let's go to this clip, and then we'll come back and discuss. Is the Federal Reserve is going to want to stay clear of this whole conversation? I think we should all be clear about that. At least they're going to attempt to in the minds of so many. Mark Zandi of Moody's had this to say. Our story over the weekend was brilliant on this. Here's the quote. Powell doesn't want to be Comey. As we approach the election, the bar for the Fed raising or lowering rates is probably pretty high. So what Farrow says Zandi has said is that the Fed doesn't want to get 
the appearance of putting their finger on the scale as they get closer and closer to the election in favor of Biden. So instead, the Fed just did it right before a holiday, about a year before the election, right before the holiday. So it's a risky move right now by the Fed because it does risk reigniting inflation again. And by the way, don't, don't buy into this uh, Wall Street inflation story, this inflation narrative. They're throwing out this term disinflation. And all disinflation means is that it's not rising as fast as it once was. doesn't mean that inflation has come down. Because remember, since Biden took office, inflation has gone up about 17, 18%. But their narrative, they want you to believe because inflation isn't going up as fast as it used to. We're somewhere at a good point. We're at a better point. But the 17 to 18% inflation that we've seen since Biden took office is unacceptable to the American people. Maybe not Wall Street, but to the American people, 17 and 18% is unacceptable. So we shall see. Nobody's ever seen really anything like it. Nobody's, I mean, if you look today over the last, frankly, look over the last three years, but you look now, it's so bad. It's like nothing in the history of the world Yesterday, we had a single highest day record of illegal border crossings ever recorded, 12,600, one day. We have no idea who any of them are. They come from Africa. They come from Asia. They come from South America, but not just South America. They're all over the world. They dump them on the border, and they pour into our country, and nobody's there to check them. And the Border Patrol is incredible, by the way. They want to do it, but they're told not to do their job. It's crazy what's going on. They're ruining our country, and it's true. They're destroying the blood of our country. That's what they're doing. They're destroying our country. They don't like it when I said that, and I never read Mein Kampf. They said, oh, Hitler said that in a much different way. No, they're coming from all over the world, people all over the world. We have no idea. They could be healthy. They could be very unhealthy. They could bring in disease that's going to catch on in our country, but they do bring in crime. But they have them coming from all over the world, and they're destroying the blood of our country. They're destroying the fabric of our country. And we're going to have to get them out. We're going to have to get mass numbers of these, especially the criminals. They're coming from jails, prisons. They're coming from mental institutions. They say, please don't say the words insane asylum. But I have to say, they're emptying out the insane asylums from all over the world. Why wouldn't they? I would do it if I were running Guatemala, El Salvador, Honduras, Mexico. They're emptying out their prisons into our country. How stupid are we to allow this to happen? And now they've gone from calling... Donald Trump an autocrat to calling him Hitler-like. He's using the same language as Hitler. The mainstream media actually reported that Trump kept a copy of Mein Kampf next to his bed. And what he's talking about is the fentanyl that's being carried across his border and killing hundreds of thousands of Americans a year. That's what poisoning our blood is. And he's not talking about white people. He's talking about Americans, white, black, Hispanic, Chinese, Korean, Indian. That's the American bloodline. 
But if you talk to the mainstream media, they're implying that, oh, he's only talking about white people. Just to conjure up more hatred, more division. Because Donald Trump is trying to unify this country. And it's the mainstream media and the deep state that are trying to keep us at each other's throats based on race. Because if we didn't, we'd realize that they're the enemy of the state. And we had, I think we hit a record for a daily number of um, people that came in on the, on the border. I think it was over 12,000 in one day. Reports have a total of about 10 million illegals had, to, had come into this country. And then I'm reading a report, I think it was from Bloomberg, said that 60,000 middle-class Chinese have entered this country over the past year. Middle-class, not asylum seekers, just middle-class people. They want to make more money. And among those 60,000 Chinese that have come in here, how many have had the best intent of this country? We don't know. That's why when you don't have a vetting process, you don't know who is coming in and what their intent is. We've got China, our number one enemy, and we're letting 60,000 of their citizens into this country for non-asylum purposes. They essentially want the free stuff that we hand out to them. And in the process, they're ruining our cities They're costing us nearly one half a trillion dollars a year. And that's all on borrowed money. And they're diluting the labor force, particularly those of the working class, and driving down wages. And I've got nothing against immigration. Immigration's healthy. But that's not what we have now. We've just got a tidal wave of people just coming through into our country. And Trump is right. When he gets into office... They just have to remove these people, particularly, let's start with the criminals. And remember the Mario Boatlift, where Fidel opened up his prisons. So go, go to the United States. We don't want you here. Go to the United States. And the Cuban people are great people, but we didn't get their best during the Mario Boatlift. And that's what these other countries are doing also. And again, I don't want to demonize everyone, because many are trying to come here with good intent. You just can't sneak into the country and overwhelm our system. Legal immigration's great. Illegal immigration is bad. Simple as that. And I saw there was a a poll. I think it was NBC or CNN, one of the the, uh, mainstream media. They did a poll about Trump's use of bloodlines. And people approved of it. And the reaction to it was, well, Trump's just doing it just to get votes. But what they're failing to tell you, and they're failing to realize, this is how the American people feel. White, black, Asian, fentanyl is poisoning their bloodlines, American bloodlines. So we shall see. One topic that I don't think enough people are talking about right now is the sale of U.S. steel to Japanese firm Nippon Steel. And to me, it doesn't matter whether you're a Japanese firm that buys it, English firm that buys it, Brazilian firm that buys it. We need to have U.S. steel owned by an American company. This is a vital national interest. And this would never have happened. And it may not happen. But this would never have happened with Donald Trump as president. And you've got the globalists out there, the Wall Street are saying, well, they're... Nippon Steel is giving a really good price for U.S. Steel, and the stockholders should do really well with this transaction. Yeah, but how about the United States? So we're going to swap vital American interests for stockholders on Wall Street just because they can get more money for it? 
And quite frankly, the only, and this is ironic, the only person I hear ranting and raving about this is Senator Fetterman from Pennsylvania. I don't hear enough Republicans talking about this, but we really strongly have to find a way to stop this transaction. And again, this would not have happened if Donald Trump was in office. Now, the other thing I wanted to talk about, it was reported by NBC that when she from China was visiting the United States last month, he had told Biden he plans on reunifying Taiwan, essentially saying, what are you going to do about it, Joe? And this is another thing that would not have happened under Trump. But again, this is what happens when you have a weak president, an inept administration, and it's got to change. So we shall see. Okay, the last thing I want to talk about is a Harvard-Harris poll. And it's actually very startling, but not surprising. And this is from the New York Post. It says here, a majority of young Americans said they believe Israel should be ended and given to Hamas, according to a striking poll. The survey conducted this week by Harvard-Harris polling found 51% of Americans between the ages of 18 and 24 said they believed the long-term answer to the Israel-Palestine conflict was for Israel to be ended and given to Hamas and the Palestinians. Only 32% said they believe in a two-state solution, and just 17% said other Arab states should be asked to absorb Palestinian population. The figure was in stark contrast to other age groups, which all dramatically preferred a two-state solution. Just 4% of Americans, 65 and older, said they felt Israel should be ended. This poll is just indicative of what's been going on in our education system over the past 20, 30, 40 years. They've been infiltrated by a progressive, anti-Judeo-Christian mindset that is all about ideology. It's all about indoctrination. And this indoctrination is anti-American, anti-Judeo-Christian. And it's not about learning. And a perfect example, look what's going on with the president of Harvard. She's still being accused of additional plagiarism in her thesis. And it got to the point where I think the Boston Globe put an op-ed piece from somebody that said, look, you got to tell us, would a typical student survive the same plagiarism accusations that the president of Harvard has to address. But this tells me it's not about competence. It's all about ideology. And it's all about indoctrination. Because it's not about creativity. Because when you're indoctrinated, it's not expected of you to be creative. All you got to do is put down on paper what we want to hear. That's our expectation. And then we'll know you're one of us. And that's what she did. She can't think on her own. She has to go back and see what other people said. And then She'll write that down because I'm incapable of being creative. I'm incapable of being a critical thinker. I'm incapable of having my own thought. And that's what you get with indoctrination. So what do you expect from these students and these young people when the president of Harvard is indoctrinated? And the own reason that she is there is not because of competence. It's because of DEI and whether she toes the line on indoctrination. And with that said, thank you very much for listening. You have a good week, and I want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas, and to my Jewish friends, a Happy Hanukkah. See you next week.